Welcome to Short Story Book Club, the podcast. On today's episode, we'll review The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clausen. Listen in on a post-movie discussion about American animals with myself and Stephen. And then look at the calendar of literary events for what's going on around the country. We have all of this coming up next. And now, our short story review of The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clausen. It becomes more apparent that it's true what they say about lifestyle changes being required to achieve financial success. Nowhere does it say that you can just think your way to riches or think your way to having the money you want without doing any work. So when I found a copy of The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clausen, I wasn't too surprised by what I'd read. In fact, The Richest Man in Babylon seems to have been one of the earliest books on personal finance, if you don't count the Bible itself. It seems Clausen may have written The Richest Man in Babylon with the Bible in mind. It is set in about the same period and Middle Eastern location of the Christian Bible, and uses parables as a means of teaching financial lessons in the same way that Jesus taught moral and spiritual lessons through parables with his disciples and others. Yet, Clausen's parables aren't religious. You might think that since it echoes the Bible that it would have religious undertones. It turns out to be just the opposite. The Richest Man in Babylon is a non-denominational book with straightforward financial lessons that anyone seeking the freedom that comes with wealth will need to learn. The name of the richest man in Babylon happens to be Arkad. Each chapter of Clausen's collection of parables illustrates lessons that either Arkad learned or that others learned from Arkad's teachings. In this manner, the book also reminds me of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. There is an everyday man with real access to wealth who others turn to for wisdom about how to build real wealth. In one parable, there is a man with much work to do. However, rather than do his work, he sets off to the side thinking about how he could be rich. A friend walks by and sees him thinking. The friend reasons that the man must have finished his work, since he is sitting by idly. The man shares his thoughts with his friend, and his friend, who is apparently quite wise, says that rather than sitting there muddling, maybe he should get back to work, or, even better, talk to Arkad and ask how he became so wealthy. They agree that this is a great idea, and upon their request, Arkad agrees to teach them without hesitation. 
Among the many lessons that our CAD teaches the men is that they should save 10% of everything they earn, put their money to work, and have it bring interest or multiply, avoid deals with swindlers, ensure a passive income, and increase their ability to earn. Of course, I'm paraphrasing, but those were some of the main teachings from our CAD put in everyday language. The richest man in Babylon goes on like this throughout the book. Every chapter and every parable has a new set of life lessons. These are essentially the new financial behaviors that anyone looking to financial freedom would be wise to develop. As a financial book, The Richest Man in Babylon is a good primer for people who are new to finance. This is not to say that the book is simple any more than the parables of Jesus were. Rather, if you are someone who has never had more than a few hundred dollars to your name, then Clausen's book meets you where you are. It's a fact that not everyone grew up with a proper financial education. Things like not spending every penny you earn is a hard lesson to learn when everyone around you lives paycheck to paycheck. Really, that's what the Bible's parables were all about. Teaching people major life lessons by using simple words and a bit of creative storytelling. So, I would say The Richest Man in Babylon is an excellent book. It is perfect for people just getting started with personal finance. Its parable format makes it excellent as a teaching tool and makes learning life lessons about money easier to understand. Up next, we listen in on a post-movie discussion about the movie American Animals with myself and Stephen. The movie retells the story of a heist gone wrong when four college students from a small town decide to steal rare books from a university library. Okay, Stephen, thank you for joining me today to talk about American Animals. I know um, that it's actually been out in the theater for a while and it's actually been a while since we've seen the film but um, I really do want to talk about um, this film for um, the short story book club because the the major scene or rather the major setting for the movie is a library and so what I want to try to do with this podcast is to kind of um, you know really get literary and you can't be more literary than a library or a bookstore but a library so um, so that's why I want to talk about this podcast today so are you ready yes I am so 
Um, I guess the first place we should start is maybe with a summary. So we're gonna give a, a, a little, a little uh, summary, a little hint of what the movie was about. But I don't. But but let's. But I think if you're going to do that, we should say spoiler alert. Do you want to get all the way to the end? No, just to let them know. No, but I'm saying, do you want to? Do you want to give away this? the spoilers no I don't you'd rather not but if we don't do the spoilers then we can't talk about the consequences I think you know on second thought let's do that let's talk about it okay so this is your official uh, official warning dear listeners spoiler alert okay okay so um, let's give a rundown of the movie so this is essentially a movie that's happening with um, these kids they've just graduated from high school let's say there are four kids Um, they just graduated from high school they they're each going to different schools or what have you Um, two of them are very close and I don't remember the names of these main characters so you'll have to um, go online or IMDb to to get that information. But the two main characters are very close. And one of them <clears throat> is very sh- straight-laced. The other one is <clears throat> very kind of laissez-faire. So while they're very close with each other, they so- it's sort of like a, a sort of a, an A and B or a night and day kind of thing. Would you say that that's correct? Yes, I believe that they are close, but their personalities are far apart. Right, exactly. So yes. their the personalities are, are, are very far apart. Uh, but they manage to be very good friends. Yes. Despite that. So, um, and then really, I mean, the fact that they even entered into this thing together probably says that their personalities aren't so far apart. Maybe they were... Maybe that does say something about psychology, the psychology of a person and being being influenced to act upon different aspects of one's personality. But anyway, the um, uh, the man, because they're young adults at this point, should be maybe 21 and older, um, the man who you would least expect to be engaged in any sort of criminal activity, he is the one who who goes into the school library, so he's on this tour at his university. He goes into this section of the library where they have rare books, and he comes up with this idea of what if we were to take, or steal is the word, um, one of the rare books from this uh, library. His friend, the one that he's very close to, um, I don't remember if at first he was like, no, this is a bad idea, but somehow or other, they both got on board with it. They decide to go ahead and engage in this um, in this crime together. And now, I don't want to give out like away the entire plot, so you should watch the movie to get 
get the full gist of everything that goes on. But after the two decide to do this crime together, they realize that they can't do it alone. So then they go and they get a third person. And then the third person says, well, you're going to need yet another person. That person's going to have to have um, a getaway car. And that was... And that was the, uh, that's why the fourth person wound up being in it. So this bad idea turned out to be, to go from one person with a, a bad idea, which who was probably just kind of joking around, to it becoming something very serious and very real and then involving several people. So that is the crux of the film. And then, of course, here, here is the spoiler. They go through um, this crime and they are sentenced to seven years, I believe. Yes. Seven years in a federal prison. Mm-hmm. And then they are released and um, they go on um, as adults. It, it never really says whether they finish college, um, you know, in the way that they had started. That is to say, let's say if they had begun as a, you know, as a starting, going to school to become a lawyer, whether they decided to change their minds or whether their occupations after incarceration were actually the ones that they wanted from the beginning. But, um... One of the um, men turned out to be a writer. He became a, a, a writer. He's a, he was actually the one who wrote the, the book about um, the movie itself, right? <laughs> the next one um, became a filmmaker. Uh, the third person became a painter. And then the final one became a personal trainer. So, um, so would you? Th- so, is there anything else that you want to add to that summary? I believe you've covered them all. I just find that um, what they wound up doing. Were occupations that um, wouldn't really be held against the fact, you know, it's it's something that they could do even though they had been through the prison system because if you've been convicted, you can't be a lawyer. Mm. Okay. I see. Being a writer, yeah. Okay. So that is you know, one of the major consequences that they endured. So besides incarceration, they are enduring the long-lasting effects of it. And on this podcast, we're not going to talk about, uh, we're not going to get into the weeds about, you know, hiring people who have been incarcerated and all that, that other stuff. These are definitely hot topics that we could go into, but we're not going to do it on this podcast. But I would say that you maybe, you know, if you're listening, think about that. 
you know, that might be something worth discussing if you're thinking about um, this movie with your own book club. Um, and so, Stephen, you're absolutely right. These occupations that they took up, I, I noted that three of them were creative. Mm-hmm. Um, so the writer, filmmaker, and painter. And then the personal trainer. I mean, you could probably say, you know, coming up with exercise routines, that that's, um, you know, a level of creativity that a person, you know, throws in there. Um, uh, but you're right. The occupations are are not ones that um, require professional degrees. So, their parents they sent them off to college, and they they had I'm sure they had the highest hopes for them. They probably said to themselves, "Where did we go wrong?" And then the kids come out, and they end up in these occupations here so what is your um impression of the film well i mean since it's based on a true story i i don't understand what the thinking was personally because if you're going to commit a heist like this uh what were the books valued at well so in the movie they said that the books were worth millions. Yes. So, I mean, the one the one thing about this entire film that got me was the person who had done the planning for the fence and everything else. You're not sure whether or not the person actually did go through with that um, and set that up right. I don't know. What, it, what is a fence? Oh, uh, you know, the fence... Is the person where you take the stolen material and they're supposed to sell it. Oh. Well, um, so remember in the movie, there was that scene where the guy goes to Amsterdam. Yes. And and he supposedly met with um, Mm -hmm. someone over there who was going to, to purchase the item. Right. So, but here's my thing. I mean, when I, when I think about this that the four didn't do. I mean, all right, if they're going through a person who's selling stolen materials, but after they steal the the stuff, I'm like, why are you going to go to an auction house? Right. No. Oh, oh, no, but I think, so the, I know why they did it, but they're, but maybe they should have found a better way to do it. So they did it because... They had to um, show authenticity. Right. They had to do... Yes. Yes, they had to show authenticity. And... Yeah, that's right. They did have to show authenticity. But, yeah, they they blew that part. Well, I mean, I think just the, the idea of doing it all together... Mm-hmm. Is where they went wrong. Yes. I mean... I agree. I mean... I don't know. I mean, you you are in college. You are bored. You are you decide you don't want to do this anymore. There are like a million and one different ways that you can express yourself besides engaging in criminal activity. Mm-hmm. He could have joined the rowing team. He could have um, 
left college and decided to take his tuition, his tuition, and and uh, uh, bike across Europe. He could have started his own business. He could have, you know, uh, if he wound up, let's say, for example, the one, either of them, any of them, the painter, the filmmaker, the writer, any of them could have started their careers without having to go to college. And if they were not happy being in college, you know, they they didn't they didn't have to waste that time and and uh do what they did. I think the moral of the story is is that you take your time and do things right. That's right. Instead of these get rich quick schemes Mm -hmm. which leave you poorer at the end of everything that's right right that's how i really see it get rich quick is not a business plan Mm -hmm. that's right right i think i think that's that's absolutely one lesson another lesson is crime doesn't pay i mean so if you look at it in one way you can say oh well you sure crime doesn't pay because this guy uh, this one guy got a book deal and the other three got a movie deal so you can't I mean what do you mean crime doesn't pay but these these four men are really the exception rather than the rule Mm -hmm. for what happens to a person when they commit a crime and then let us also not forget that um, had these four men been black or brown or from some other countries where where um, where we're not necessarily on the best terms um, diplomatically. Um, the this story could have could have turned out in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, on the sentencing alone, there. I mean, it it could have been much longer, much harsher. Um, and then you know these individuals being able to start lives afterward. Um, I mean. You know, who's to say that they would have been able to have access to something like a book deal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there are some real consequences, and um, and these and these these men just really they didn't they didn't really think it through, and like I said, the the outcome would have been very different. So now, I, I posed the question of, like, let's say, what would, what would have happened had, had these men been of different races and nationalities? But here's another question. What do you think would have happened to them if it had been a group of women? Because now, like, out in the movie theater right now, we have, like, Ocean's 8, right? So we have a group of women who are committing a heist um, what do you how do you think 
the story would have been different or, or would it have been any different had they been women? I think the Ocean 8 movie brings into brings a difference because this when you compare the two um, the men did physically hurt someone mm. okay there were acts of violence committed by the men as opposed to Ocean State where they are uh scheming where no one gets hurt. So you think that women would be less likely to um, to perpetrate harm against another No, 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 no. I'm not saying that women can't commit harm. I'm just saying that the Ocean's 8 scenario and the women doing the crime. Okay, well, but so the question is, Let's say they these were women mm-hmm. who committed violence. Let's say they did all the things that the dudes did. Mm-hmm. What do you think? How do you think the story would be different, or would the story be different at all if they if these were four women who decided to engage in this crime? Well, if they were four white women, probably less a sentence. Less than seven years. Yeah. If there were four uh, women of a different culture and race, probably the same or more. Hmm. So, I don't know. Let's see. In my in my opinion, I suppose, I suppose it would. Uh, first of all, I think women would be less likely to, to do this. Yeah. Um. And then, I think you're right. Um. You know. This that the consequences would uh, potentially be harsher depending on the nationality and ethnicity of the of the women. Um, but I think, like in terms of the occupations afterward, I think we would have seen um, situations where these women would have been married by now. So the men. Uh, we don't know if they're married or not, but I think that the the filmmaker, not the filmmaker who, who, not the man who turned out to be the filmmaker, but the person, the filmmaker for American Animals, I think this person probably would have included in the narrative information about whether um, the women wound up married, whether they had children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the occupations for at least two of them also would have been different. I think for sure, writer, maybe painter, 
um, sure, I guess maybe all of them. And maybe the personal trainer would have turned out to be a life coach mm. <laughs> instead of instead of a trainer. I don't know. Yeah, it depends on um, how well. I mean, if you're in prison for a number of years and all you're doing is working out with barbells and you come out um, in great shape, you could have done a personal trainer business. Well, I have no comments on that. I don't. I have no comments on anything that happens. Uh, uh, inside of a correctional facility or uh, what happens uh, before or after. Okay, so let's let's talk about the film the film film the art of the film. So what I thought was really interesting about um, the the, the way the story was told was that there were actually one multiple narrators I like the way the director decided to let each of the men involved each of the people involved in this heist tell the story from their own point of view I really appreciated that 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 was very creative um, and then the filmmaker also had his own point of view. You see, did you did you notice that? So yeah, it was like there was this one story, but it was being told in a. It was almost like uh, uh, the Bible, right? So the the how there were the different apostles. I think they're called mm-hmm. different apostles told the story of Jesus in a different way, like from their different perspectives. But it was all basically the same story about the same period mm-hmm. um, so that's I thought that was very nice the way the director uh, did that mm-hmm. and um, I was I mean just in terms of storytelling I mean you have to think about the editing that was involved in that that had to have been you know, many hours of footage that we're putting together on top of many hours of, you know, getting the, the actors and, and the uh, scenes together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you have any comments on that? Um, no, I, I mean, it's... I mean, I believe that all film, you go through that, but this film... Well, a little different because it's um, these four persons' personal story. So you're looking at the entire thing from four viewpoints because they wanted to, I guess, everybody wanted to make sure that their side was represented. Well, I don't know that it was because the director wanted all the sides represented. I think, I think it was a, simply a stylistic choice. Mm-hmm. to allow the story to have many voices to right. tell the same the same story using different voices yeah I'd agree so I mean neither of us are really um, like movie 
aficionados or whatever. Um, but did you have any comments about the cinematography or the or the lighting or or anything else? There was nothing that really um soundtrack or something. No, nothing really um stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Just the story itself. Yes. That's basically what it was. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say, um, one thing that I noted was that um, the film felt it was um, it was very bright. Not like bright, like blinding, but like bright as in um, you you would have thought that for the subject matter that it could have been a movie told with a dark lens, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how else to describe this. But it wasn't. So, like, for example, it's like the difference between seeing... It's like it's like DC versus... What is it? Marvel? DC versus, yeah. DC versus Marvel type thing. When you know, we were watching um, Deadpool and the, and the guy, um, Deadpool made the comments about... Um, it's something or other was about so- cable was so dark. He thought he was saying something about him being a DC character. Right, exactly. So that's what I mean. Like I would have, you know, I would have thought that it would have been a darker film, but um, but it wasn't, and that was also unexpected. Um, but it was still satisfying based on the way that the story was told. So, like, none of the characters were really portrayed as villains. And so I think if it had been, a like, a dark film, that the characters would have been villainized somehow, right? But rather, they were portrayed as, like, everyday people who just made a bad decision. You know what I mean? I think... I think what you're driving at... And I'm thinking of another movie... Uh, about a heist... Like uh, something called Dead Presidents... Where... In this movie... The people who did the heist... Were in... A really... Bad situation... These... Kids... Mm-hmm. Really... Had... A lot going for them. A lot. And they just did this, like, it was like, oh, okay, we're just going on a joyride. Right. And they could have actually done that. Mm-hmm. They could have just said, oh, hey, dude, uh, let's let's spend spend a month in Amsterdam. Yeah. That's, that's what they should have done. But this, mm. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was really, really unnecessary. Because they did all this and they didn't have to. It's not like they were struggling. It's not like they didn't know how they were going to pay their tuition. They didn't. It's not like they didn't know where their next meal was coming from. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They didn't have to have to hustle. I mean, I understand one of them um, was on a was on a um, an athletic team. Right. One of them was on an athletic scholarship, which he blew. Right. Yeah. You got kids going to high school. They are dying to get a scholarship academic uh, athletic or otherwise and he blows his scholarship 
okay? Uh, then we have uh, the other kid who was working, apparently, his way through college, right? Mm-hmm. He was a yeah. stock, stock person, person in a grocery store. Um, so he had some means for paying for school. And the narrative about his life didn't really seem to suggest that his, that his family was wanting for money. Um, Grant, I, I think, um, let me see. No, this was the family, uh, the one who was a stock person. He had the family where, like, everything was, like, really idyllic. Like, yeah. everything was just honky-dory. Mm-hmm. And the one with the athletic scholarship, he... His family, I think, like his his parents, decided to have a get a divorce yeah, it, in the middle. Mm-hmm. And even, I mean, at the time, the the this the time of the uh, the whole thing was going on. I mean, I could see okay, somebody working uh, in a grocery store, but in that time. Grocery store people actually made enough money to mm-hmm. live on. Okay? It's not like it is now when you work at a grocery store and you have trouble making ends meet because they don't give you enough hours and they shortchange you and everything else and they don't hire you full time, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, it was in that type of era. Right. And they were in Kentucky for God's sake. Right, home of the colonel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a lot, a lot, a lot going for them, and what they did was just unnecessary, just like yeah. so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so uh, in the end, uh, would you recommend this uh, film to someone else, or would you recommend this film? In a way, I'd recommend it to uh, certain young people to remind them not to think things through and not to commit crime. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some other people, they would get mad at um, the group because it's like, why didn't he do this? You You've got everything. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, like I compared this with dead presidents, where people don't have anything, so they needed to commit the crime. Um, uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you about the word need. Okay. Well, in other words, their situation was more dire. Than these kids that had everything. Okay. So you would recommend the film? Yes. Okay. Um, would you would you pay money to see the film in the movies, or would you wait for cable? I'd wait for Netflix. You would Netflix it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, by the way, and the only reason why I bring up. Uh, dead presidents in terms of the comparison with American animals is that they both take place at the same time. Really? Yes, really. Oh. 
that's so interesting. Yeah. And they both, they are both heists. Both heist yes. movies. Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you something. Um, so, I am a member of MoviePass, and MoviePass actually pro- helped produce this film. Mm-hmm. And so, when they found that I had seen the film, because you have to check in, do blah, 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 um, to let them know that you've seen the movie, um, they sent me a questionnaire after and they asked me did I like the film and then they they asked me to what film would you compare American Animals and had I thought and I was like I don't know what heist film I should compare it with I mean I know the movie itself mentioned a lot of um different films but you know now that I reflect upon it I think had we had this conversation before I received the um, questionnaire, I probably would have said dead presidents. Yes. But yeah. I don't know if you... Yeah, because the guy in dead presidents, he was also just a good guy. He was just a soldier. And, yeah. And he... But... And he made a bad decision. Yeah. But like I said, his, his situation was entirely different than those kids because they had people taking care of them. The main character in this, he needed to take care of his kid. Right. Where these four kids were kids themselves. Mm-hmm. That's the big difference. So, what movies are you looking forward to uh, coming up? Ant Man and the Wasp. Mm. Hey! I think that Ant-Man and the Wasp qualifies for this podcast because they're about really tiny things. Mm-hmm. Well, do you agree? I guess so. Uh, yeah, I think so. So I guess um, we should uh, make a plan to, to, to review Ant-Man and the Wasp mm-hmm. on an upcoming episode of Short Story Book Club. Okay. All right, thanks. Steve, I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Now let's look at the Short Story Book Club calendar. This month in Iowa, Iowa City, Iowa to be exact, there is the Iowa Summer Writing Festival. This will run from July 17 to July 20th. Also going on this month, over on the East Coast in New York City, is the ITW Thriller Fest 2018. This literary festival is the mecca for those who love reading thrillers. The dates are from July 10th to July 18. Next we have the Outright LGBT Book Festival 
2018 in Washington, D.C. The dates are from August 3rd to August 5th. This is the place to be if you're looking for a showcase of the best and the newest LGBT literature around. Do you know of any other literary events that short story lovers should be aware of? Please send your suggestions to us at contact at shortstorybookclub.com. Well, that's our show. If you like what you've heard, please remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes, leave us a comment, and then sign up for our newsletter at shortstorybookclub.com. Until next time, happy reading!